Well, good morning or where at wherever you are, whatever time of day it is for you. For us, it's morning. So good morning. Uh, welcome to Real World Podcast. My name's Tyler. I'm your host. Uh, and I'm here with Scott and Bobby, uh, who are a uh, millennial and a boomer or a boomer and a millennial, respectively. <laughs> I can't remember how you I said, said Scott it. And Bobby. Oh, okay. So millennial <laughs> and a boomer, respectively. Uh, and they talk about real world issues and uh, men, mend the gap between boomers and millennials. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Doing good. Doing good. What's doing going good? Other than just, you know, just the overall um, tension associated with COVID 19. I mean, yeah. Um, We were sharing last night in community group how just even as believers, you know, the fear of the unknown, while we have peace in Christ, there's still, it's just unsettling in some ways because we don't know where we're, we're heading into this uh, time period. They said the next two to three weeks are going to be the most challenging. Mm. They've said that nationally and in the state and Mm. in the city. Challenging um, in I what live, way? Um, we're going to see a lot more cases, cases and, and death, and yeah. and so and you know you're always hoping that you take the necessary precautions um, to make sure you're not bringing it home to your family. Yeah, because most of us have to go out. Like I am actually out of the home four to five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, working. You work in essential industry, exactly, yeah. and so. And and then going to stores, yeah. And again, just trying to take the necessary precautions. Um, and again, hoping that you're doing that, you're doing the right thing, uh, and that you don't uh, bring it to your family. Yeah. Well, I just want to say to all of our listeners, I know that there are people on sort of all sides of this. Um, and unfortunately, like we've talked about so many times on this podcast, unfortunately, some things become the victim of partisanship. But this is a bipartisan issue. Totally. And uh, the the one thing that, you know, I just want to encourage us to do is to uh, to be smart. I mean, what is being asked of us is really just what we learned when we were five years old. It's what our mothers taught us. True. Wash your hands regularly. Don't put your hands in your face. Keep your hands to yourself and avoid strangers. And cover your mouth when you cough. Cover mm-hmm. cover your mouth when you cough. But when you do, cough into your sleeve, not your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really, I mean, everything that's being asked of us is just normal. Uh, what we should have already been doing all the time, anyway. True. It's kind of frightening to think that it hasn't been. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's the that's the thing is it's like, hey guys, be vigilant about just having manners. And we're going to flatten this curve and we're going to be able to protect our, uh, protect our, our healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to give a shout out if yeah, I can yeah, to my friend course. Lori, her daughter as a nurse, and she's taken an eight month or excuse me, eight week uh, temporary stint in New York City to be on the front lines because wow. she wants to be right there in the action to help. Where are they and, moving from, her and her husband? Um, from Virginia. Wow. Yeah, so so it's an eight-week uh, temporary thing. But the whole thing has been kind of interesting um, in that she ended up, they weren't sure where they were going to live. Her husband works for the church, so they, um, either the church or an offshoot ministry, whatever, and yeah. um, he can work from home so mm. they can go together and they have a large sailboat, and so they were hoping to be able to take it there, and but the marinas were closed. Ultimately, the bottom line was is that they were able to they're able to take their sailboat. the The marina is not charging them wow. to take it there, and in fact, 
there's so much inspiration in the story. They may do a documentary about oh. them. And so it's just, I'm really proud of her and I don't even know her. Yeah. And it's like when you hear stories like that, I wish we could hear more stories like that Yeah, because those are the kinds of stories that encourage us mm -hmm. and want us to really do something. You know, what can we do as individuals or collectively as a church? Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe that's a segue into Scott, if you would like to share anything. Uh, I just wanted to start off by just thanking all of the people who are still working in these essential industries and, yeah. put, and putting them themselves out there. And I know that there are those of them who have gotten sick from this. And um, so if, if you uh, work in any of those industries, we just wanted to say thank you from our small family to yours. Um, you guys are the real backbone of, of our country and, uh, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. So thank you so much for, for what you guys do. Uh, and I just want you guys to know as well that, uh, we support you. And one of the ways that, uh, like we're actually supporting you guys is, um, uh, I work for a church and our church has recently decided to pivot a little bit and we actually started, uh, producing masks and gowns medical masks and gowns, which is really cool. We have a lot of um, people uh, that work for our church that used to work in industry in uh, manufacturing, and we have partnerships with people that own machine shops and all different kinds of stuff. And so we've gotten, um, we're, we're working in conjunction with some local doctors and uh, with some local machine shops, and they're, together we're producing masks and gowns in bigger quantities than um, we, I thought we would be able to do. Uh, and we're really trying to figure out some things where we can actually start doing it in even more bulk. And uh, we're giving all these things away. We're not selling them to anyone. We're just giving them to the sheriff's uh, office. We're giving them to the, the fire department. We're giving them to local doctors and um, just trying to do what we can to help support. And uh, Tyler said this earlier. It kind of reminded him of uh, World War II back when it was kind of like all hands on deck and different companies were pivoting and GM started making bullets and everyone went to work to, to do what we had to do to, to fight the enemy. And that's kind of what we're doing again now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that, uh, at times like this, we have an opportunity to really pull together as a country. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's, I'm seeing more and more that, you know, the people who have compassion in their heart, it's overflowing right now. Mm. And, uh, you're right. I, I wish that we could hear more stories like this, but I, you know, we also, we, we, we experience them in little bits all the time. We do. We do. We and, do. uh, they're just so encouraging. They you are. Know? And they want mm -hmm. us to even do more. Right. Right. And that's why I think if the general public could hear them yeah. more, because yeah. when you turn the news on, I've, I've really kind of restricted myself to watching very little news mm -hmm. that I search it out because I, it's, it's depressing when you just look at the numbers. So I think it's important to hear these good stories. I think one of the other ways I, I, I agree with you. I, f I feel like the news is doing a bad job right now at a few things. I think, uh, it is very, um, numbers focused yes um which is good i think we need to know those numbers those statistics um but it can't be the only focus i i think we find ourselves in in two arenas with that is we have some people who take it very seriously and then we have other people who are like that doesn't mean anything to me 
And I wish the news would do a better job at actually showing the disease mm. and showing what is happening to people. It would make people take this thing more seriously. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are like, whatever, like I'm young, I have a good immune system, whatever it may be. Those numbers mean nothing to me. I haven't seen anything. I'm not making any connection with these people. Yeah. And I think if we could actually make a connection with like, man, these are people who are sick that are dying. Um, it would, a lot of people would just take it more seriously. You know, I saw this morning, Allison, shout out to Allison. I think she shared it from somebody else, but um, it was a meme. And what it showed was, let's say there were 20 matches side by side. Mm -hmm. Well, the first 10 were side by side. Then the next one, the, um, what's the top of the match called? The, the red part? Yeah, but the, I mean, <laughs> just the fire part, whatever fire you part. call it. The fire part. I'm sorry, I can't think of what I would call I it. I would just call it the match part the of the match. The match part of the match, right? <laughs> the um, not just wood part. <laughs> <laughs> the not just wood part. It's it's like down about halfway, uh, and then the next group is up where the the last nine are where the first ten are. And so the whole point was the first, the, the first ten were on fire, uh, and then it shows that it stopped because the next match wasn't lined up. Right, and it was so too low. And so it was low. basically, exactly, so it's like social distancing really is helping yeah. and all of these precautions that we're taking. And so it's amazing when you see like a visual like that, Oh yeah, just, just simple, simple visual with matches and you get it. Like, it's like, wow, that really makes a big difference. I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm just shocked that a boomer knows what a meme is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just that's, kidding. That's <laughs> oh, come on. We invent that. I, uh, <laughs> but if everyone would have social distance, they'd all be lower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they all, no. Yeah. Actually, social distancing, I guess, the offset it's part. It's the offset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. What it is, is it's a it's another way of visualizing the, the flattening of the curve, mm -hmm. which is right. what this is all about. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, at some point, probably, you know, hopefully longer down the road, a year, two years from now, pretty much everyone will have gotten COVID-19. And we will have treatment protocols and it will be mm -hmm. going forward. It'll be something it'll be like, like the, flu, the flu right? where you get your shot every year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. The reason why we're practicing social distancing right now is not necessarily that this disease is so scary. It's just that it's so new and right. we don't have treatment protocols and it is very contagious. And what we can't have happen right now is a, is uh, a run on the on the hospitals. We just don't have right. enough. That's hospitals. the biggest. That's right. the biggest thing. That's the big problem in New York City. And I, I, I you know, one of the things that I was uh, just it's heartwarming that like Samaritan's Purse, they're they built this temporary uh, um, hospital mm. in Central Park. Wow. To be able to house, I mean, you know, Samaritan's Purse is all over the world. Yeah. And they've yeah. I forget where else. I think they have one in Italy. Um, and it's. Basically, they just set up these tents and they have all these workers. But but New York City, of course, has just been the most devastated yeah. place anywhere, yeah. more so than where it began in Wuhan, China. Yeah. At least, I mean, we don't know all the facts from China, sure. nor from really that whole area from Asia. Like I was looking this morning, I was wondering what was happening with India. Yeah. Because India is also densely populated. Densely. I haven't seen any information about them. And so it's kind of scary, and I'm I'm really concerned about that group of people, yeah, um, that country, yeah, um, because they could be devastated, and we don't even know. Yeah, well, and I think that there's I think that there's a a big communication uh, barrier, and I don't mean like language barrier. I mean like India and China and some of these. 
countries that are have more uh government control yeah more you know autocratic governments uh they're they're just keeping information from flowing out uh you know europe is sharing all of their information with us and with the who mm-hmm. and and it, we need that we do all of us need that if, information this is for all of us in yeah. this we are all together we are all in this together all literally all of us Absolutely. It's like Independence Day. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's one of the things, too, about this uh, that is so interesting to me is that this is really one of the first times in my life um, that we're all facing something that is non-discriminatory. Like, I mm-hmm. understand that this affects people who are, uh, you know, more at risk. Right. But this isn't like a, it's not a terrorist attack. It's not a, you know, uh, this isn't about gun violence and there's a specific type Mm -hmm. of person and there's a specific type of people that they go after. And this is like, we're really all rich, poor, we're all in this together. Yeah. The only statistic that I heard at all that would be along those lines is that it seems to affect men worse than it affects women. I actually was reading a little bit on this too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't remember what provider it was, but someone was looking at movement data from phones Mm. and, um, people in wealthier communities were able to shelter in place better than people in poor communities. Ah, that makes sense because I think in poorer communities it's more densely populated. Yeah. Right. And they probably don't have the ability to have maybe things delivered and mm-hmm. they right. probably don't have to go out. Or Plus they just they have to have get have stuff daily because they can't have a week's worth exactly, of stuff. Exactly. Because yeah. they don't have the money. I mean, it makes sense. You know, or, it's unfortunate. And so, or I mean, even the space. I mean, yes, the one, space is a big issue. One of the things, like in New York, for example, a, a big part of the New York lifestyle is you don't, there aren't grocery stores in New York City. There are bodegas. Right. And you go and you buy food for that day. They, Right. And, right. you know, in, because New York uh, apartments, there's no space. There's no space. They have like, teeny they don't tiny have, refrigerators. Yeah, they, they have they, mini yeah, fridges, they have basically. mini fridges. Uh, right. And so it's, you know, that's, it's, it's just part of the lifestyle in some of these more uh, metropolitan urban areas mm-hmm. is that you don't buy two weeks worth of food. And so the government mm-hmm. says buy two weeks worth of food. And some of these people are like, where am I going to put two weeks worth of food? But you know what? It have to just be cans. But that's right, what's happening. Stack it up yeah. in other if, places. If you yeah. go into the stores now, there's produce galore. Yeah. And it's because it doesn't last. So right. they're not buying it because it doesn't last for two weeks. I've actually really enjoyed that though. Like, cause I've gone to the store <laughs> a few times and it's like, there's tons of fresh produce and I'm yeah. going to have a really nice, uh, like yeah, salad dinner, or salad. Yeah, dinner tonight. Exactly. Yeah. I know, I know, but it's, it's kind of sad. And the prices, uh, it's amazing. I know that the farmers are really concerned because the prices are way down and you know, their biggest customers were, um, restaurants, hotels, oh, hotels restaurants yeah. and mm-hmm. schools. Yeah. And those are all effectively closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing meat and how about gasoline? I paid two forty five mm. yesterday a gallon in California. That is phenomenal because oh, I was yeah. paying about four bucks a gallon almost, yeah. Yeah. especially in San Diego. 
So I saw someone, we have a, Scott and I have a friend uh, who just relocated up to Idaho. Mm -hmm. And of course, like California is always more expensive gas, but uh, Idaho was at like a dollar 20. Yeah. It was super low. Amazing. Like amazing. And, and I I never thought I'd see gas under $2 ever again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. It is. It is. But you know what? But I would say I was at the store this morning and uh, the Stater Brothers around us was fully stocked on most essential items. They had limits and stuff, which is good, which is probably why they were stocked on those things. Right. Um, and it's in the morning because they restock every evening or early morning. So I didn't even go at open, though. I, I went like two hours after they opened, mm, and there okay. was still plenty of good. stuff. Nice. Uh, I think that this is actually, we were talking about food and this is a great segue to sort of our core conversation for today. Um, I thought, you know, with everything going on, uh, you know, especially some of these runs on the supermarket where, you know, you couldn't get paper towels or toilet paper mm-hmm. for weeks and yeah, bananas we and toilet. eggs. We finally got eggs. We got fi- Today was the first time since this thing started that we've had eggs and paper towel. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Scott uh, Scott went to the store this morning and, and he came back in. I was on the couch and he was just holding a bag of paper towels. And I was like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, but with all of that going on, uh, I thought it would be great for us to talk a little bit about uh, what the Bible has to say about self-control. Mm. and uh, what yeah. what self-control really means for us as Christians, and uh, especially in light of everything going on with, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So uh, to kick this off, I think usually we, we have Scott kind of mm-hmm. kick this off. But So Scott, what uh, what's some of your perspective on what the Bible has to say about, uh, about self-control? And uh, I guess sort of the, the big question is, is, uh, what are some ways that we as Christians can practice better self-control uh, in this season of self self uh, isolation and and social distancing? Yeah, I I think I'm going to start with just saying like I totally see a, a lot of different ways that people aren't practicing self-control, especially in this time. And you already kind of mentioned one with the, the overbuying, right? Uh, we get fear that that comes into our lives, and we have the ability to to buy. And so we will stock up on a lot of things and, and not really show any self-control in that way. And um, I think also just being stuck at home, I think it's easy to sit on a couch and watch Netflix for eight hours or um, you bought a bunch of stuff at the beginning of this thing and now it's all starting to go bad. So now you're just making a bunch of food and eating a bunch of food or uh, whatever it may be. Um, there's lots of ways that we can lose our self-control and it's only natural because that's really self-control is one of the biggest parts of the Christian walk. Um, our entire relationship with Jesus is this idea called sanctification, which is really just becoming more and more like Jesus. Like that's what our life is. And what that really means is learning to not pursue our own desires, but pursue the desire that God has for us. And so really that's just what our, our life is, is learning how to say no to yourself and yes to, to what Jesus has for you. And so um, I think, though, and I'm just going to preface this, and I, I think we, we talk about these things wrong a lot of the time. Um, we talk about the, the various fruits of the Spirit of uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. I think I missed one or two. And we talk about them as those individual things. And we, um, 
like we talked about uh, in a small group last week about um, how do you have peace from God? Like how do you experience God's peace? And with it being a fruit of the spirit, I think our question isn't how do I get peace? It's how do I engage with the Holy spirit more? Mm. And as we engage with the Holy spirit more and invite the Holy spirit into our lives, into every aspect of what we're doing. Once again, these are fruits of the Holy spirit, which means they're byproducts of the Holy spirit's presence in our life. And so if you find yourself lacking in these areas, you're probably lacking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm Good thinking, luck following that. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, yes. I mean, basically, um, I find myself in that category. I think um, from my perspective, self-control has always been a challenge for me. Um, I am in the Word every day. Um, one of the things I mentioned last night is that, you know, I have a lot of scriptural type of um wall decor and things like that and and that is truly as a reminder to myself because i can walk from say the living room into the dining room into my bedroom and i have reminders along the way and i need them because i've already forgotten from the time i got from the you know the living room to the dining room (laughs) which is really kind of scary yeah you know because i've been a believer a long time um but you know, as I was looking at this um, the last couple of days, I realized how, how much I fall short in mm. this area mm-hmm. and that um, I'm not drawing on the Holy Spirit. I'm drawing on Bobby Shooty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. And um, so I need to do a better job mm. of, of this. And, um, and in just like you said, Scott, I mean, that's really... The emphasis, not the emphasis, but the underlying um, belief of within Christianity, it's like relying on the Lord and not mm. ourselves, right? Yeah, and, I, I think a lot of times we, we look at things like self-control, for example, and we say, man, I need more self-control. We'll Google, how do I get more self-control or whatever it may be? I don't know. Google is a lot of people's dads. and <laughs> um, Or YouTube. Or YouTube, yep. Mm scary and it's really like doing that is like having cough syrup it 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 can help treat the symptom a little bit but it doesn't actually treat the cause of what's giving you that 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 issue in your life and so maybe it'll help for a little bit whatever it may be but it's not treating what's really wrong with you Uh, and our biggest thing is that we uh, lack the holy spirit's involvement in our life and uh, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a huge part of what we do as Christians and believers to think about, because we talk about Jesus all the time. And Jesus is king, he's Lord, like he should be talked about all the time. Mm-hmm. But Jesus left his disciples and said, it's good that I'm leaving you because I'm sending something better mm. to all of you guys. Yeah, And it's the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so the, the Holy and it's Spirit. Like, it's like, what's better than right, Jesus? Right, yeah. like, right? right? I mean, it's just hard to even comprehend that. And Jesus says, you will do far greater things through this helper yeah. than I have done. And so um, we have just grossly underplayed the Spirit's role in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, what he does for mm-hmm. us, how he helps us live and mm-hmm. do things rightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I don't necessarily think... Th- in Jesus, and this is maybe a little bit more ecclesiology, ch- church talk. Um, 
the word ecclesiology is definitely church talk, but carry on. <laughs> um, when Jesus says, like, you will do far greater things, I don't think he's necessarily talking about each individual person. I think he's talking about we are the body of Christ now. We are Jesus on earth as the church, and the church itself is doing far greater things than the things than the, what Jesus had did on, done on earth. Because Jesus was one man yep. on earth, and so he was one person that could do a lot in one, like with the people who are right in front of him, but limited scope, limited, limited scope. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we, we talk about, we have millions of people across the globe that are helping mm-hmm. fight diseases that are healing people that are preaching the gospel to people that are sharing uh, with people, all these things. And it's through the power of the Holy spirit working through us that all that stuff happens. Yeah. And I was thinking about, as you were saying that and say, Jesus was one man and then he had his disciples who were also out performing miracles and everything. Again, that was 12. Right. You know, 12 plus. Uh, Okay, there are billions of us on the earth now. Mm -hmm. And um, I like that you said that it's collective and it kind of speaks to what we're all dealing with right now with this COVID-19, how we are all in this together. And if we all pull together and work together for these solutions, um, you know, how much better and stronger we can come out of this. Yeah, absolutely. United. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, uh, what are, uh, some, like you, you kind of mentioned a couple that are maybe a little obvious, but what are some other ways that, that we can, uh, practice better self-control in this time? Yeah. Um, to kind of tie in with like my main point for this, I think starting every day with inviting the Holy spirit in, Mm. um, inviting, I mean, he's already there. He, if, if you're saved, like the Holy spirit lives within you. Um, but in, I, I like to start my days when I take a shower in my shower. Uh, recently, at least I've been listening to, to worship music and, um, I take that time to ask for the, not just the presence of the Holy spirit, but the overflowing of the Holy spirit in, in, in my life. Um, God help me to make the right decisions today. Help me, um, to, to lead people. Well, help me to have conversations about you. Um, and those are the types of things we know God is going to say yes to. When you, when you pray those things, when you pray in the Lord's will, he's not going to say no, because those are the things he wants for your life. And so praying for the overflowing of the Holy spirit in your life, he's going to say yes. Praying for conversations with people about him. That's going to happen. If I had a dollar for every time I said, God, go ahead and bring someone into my life today so that I can have a conversation about you. And then it happened. I might not work for a church anymore, which is uh, (laughs) ironic. uh, Yeah. Ironic. Uh, but the, the Holy spirit, uh, is our life source. It's what, uh, sustains us. It's what, it's what, um, inspires us. It's what keeps us going. And so my challenge is whatever, like, your form of self-control is because every sin is a lack of self-control. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, we do something we shouldn't do because we give into what our desires are. Like that's what sin is, is a lack of self-control. And so everyone struggles with it. I have my own self-control issues. I'm, I'm overweight. I've struggled with my weight most of my life. Like, and that has been an issue for me is self-control in that way. Um, and so know that one, you're not alone in that, like if you are like feeling bad about yourself or maybe you're doing stuff in this quarantine time and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm just a big pile of garbage. I can't believe I keep doing these things. I have no self-control. Like 
You're not alone in that. Everyone is struggling with that. Uh, there's power in admitting that and talking with people about that. I know we're kind of in a time of not being around each other and social distancing and everything, but there's video chats, there's phone calls, talk to someone about the things going on in your life, uh, have people that you can just be real with. And, uh, the spirit often works through other people that are spirit filled. And so find people in your life that also have the Holy spirit within them and are pursuing that. If all of your friends aren't people who are pursuing the Holy spirit, you probably need to find some new friends because they're feeding into your lack of self-control. I have to say that this whole topic is, um, this is just such a revelation to me as, as I've been looking at this for a couple of days and, and just listening to Scott right now. I mean, you know, before we come on the air and talk about these things, we don't really talk about these things. So we don't even really know what each other is going to share. And as I'm hearing this, my understanding of self-control is so different than what I thought it was. I mean, to me, I've always said that that's, and I even started this uh, podcast saying how I struggle with self-control, but I was thinking in the physical sense, like Mm. my reaction to situations where I can be stressed and maybe lash out Mm -hmm. or use a tone or something like that. That's in my mind, what I was talking about. That's like a lack of well, self-control. I think that's part of it. It's certainly I do part of think it, it's yeah. part of it, but that's only part of it. And right. what I'm saying is I thought that's what it, that's what it was. Right. Part so and parcel. Part and parcel. So my mind is just so opened up and I think I've been praying for the wrong things. Mm. I mean that, that I, that I haven't been praying that way. And mm-hmm. I think mm. I need to start doing that each and every day, mm. each and yeah. every hour to, um, well, and that's where it's like there can be good things that get in the way of the best things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not yeah. a bad thing to pray for self-control. Mm-hmm. Like we should. God, mm-hmm. please help me have. If you struggle with self-control, which you do, if you mm-hmm. thought to yourself, oh, I don't struggle with that, you do. Mm-hmm. It's just in a way maybe you haven't recognized yet. Mm-hmm. Um, praying for self-control is a good thing, but praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is a better thing. That's mm-hmm. just so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just so encouraged to hear this because mm-hmm. I, I – can honestly say I don't know that I've I've prayed for that often. Mm. Well, and I would say too, uh, you know, a lot. Maybe some of the people listening, they're like, you know, like like you, Bobby, and I'm I'm in that camp too. I struggle a lot with self control, and it's something I'm very mm-hmm. aware of. That's why we have animated conversations. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I think one of the important things here is that we need to uh, we need to be able to. Uh, treat ourselves gently Mm -hmm. and have grace for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, Scott, you had mentioned this, that, you know, a lot of times it's easy to like beat yourself up and say, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have no, I have no self-control. I have no self-control. And ironically, uh, you beating yourself up is a lack of self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To not see the bigger picture. To not Mm -hmm. see the bigger picture. Uh, and to see that number one, that, that Jesus died for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, he died not only in forgiving, you of your lack of self-control, but in creating a way for you to have Mm self-control through the Holy spirit. Uh, and so have some grace. He knows that's why he had to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so have some grace for yourself. Be gentle. And, and if, once again, if you're just tagging along with that, like if you're feeling bad about yourself, the passage of scripture says, Jesus came and did this while we were still sinners. Yeah. He chose to save a sinful people. It wasn't like we were worth anything or had any kind of value within ourselves of our own accord. 
Jesus stepped down and said, I'm saving these people. Yeah. These awful, wicked, lack of self-control, non-peaceful, non-loving, non-kind people. Those are the people I'm going to, I'm going to flip their lives around. Yeah. And, and I think we have to be active in this so we can ask for the Holy Spirit, um, to be, um, you know, a strong influence Mm -hmm. for us, but we need to actively follow. Yes his guidance oh for sure you know and and so it's not a matter of just getting his gift but we've got to be able to follow through mm-hmm. with what we're being told to do mm-hmm. yeah well and once again i and i think every conversation we have about christianity about sin about all these things it comes back to what is christianity and it's a relationship with god and that's exactly what we're talking about in this time and in inviting the Holy spirit into our lives in, in his presence mm-hmm. is we're saying, God, let's, can we build our relationship more today? Can you I spend more that. time with you? Can, I don't know if I, what I just said, can I spend more time with you? Can you mm-hmm. spend more time with me? And it's an engagement back and forth. Every, every time we're thinking all, all of our thoughts, God knows. And so have conversations in your thoughts with God. Um, it, I think all of our thoughts are prayers, uh, to quote, uh, one of our friend, uh, Paul, um, uh, the, the actual quote is all of my thoughts are conversations with God. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's really about that. It's building your relationship with God because you, you become who you hang out with. And so mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you guys have all, mo- at least most of you who have had friends in your lives, um, <laughs> have experienced, uh, you start to say things like your friends. You start to do things like your friends. You start to pick up mannerisms. You have similar joking styles, all different kinds of things. You start to act like the people you hang out with. And the same thing goes with the Holy Spirit and with God. The more that you hang out with him, the more that you build that relationship with him, the more you're praying, the more you're reading your Bible, all those things, you start to become more and more like Jesus. And so uh, that's that's the real challenge is don't focus so much on the symptom. Mm. Yeah. Focus on the problem. The problem is that Jesus isn't present in your life because you haven't sought that out. Like he's there and he wants it. So what would you say, Scott, to the Enneagram in relationship to that? You know, like to I, self-control to self-control. Cause I yeah. think about, okay, I'm an eight, I'm a challenger. Mm-hmm. So think about that they, in and of itself yeah. with regard to self-control. I think they all struggle with self-control in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that uh, like one of the more, uh, I guess, like marquee would be the uh, the the seven style. Uh, So the seven style is the enthusiast Mm -hmm. and uh, they uh, their sort of core sin, uh, their core struggle uh, is uh, gluttony. Mm-hmm. And so if a little bit of something is great, a lot of it will be even better. Uh, and then, you know, on the, the same side of things, you know, with the, the eight, like you said, the, the challenger, uh, the eight struggles with, uh, their, their core struggle is lust yeah. and, and specifically it's, it's not sexual lust, but it's a, a lust for power and, and position control. and control, uh, and in a time like this where a lot feels outside of our control, it's a very challenging time for an eight to practice self-control and over their need to feel in control of their circumstances. Yeah. And I, I think to just to tag on with what Tyler is saying, we have different kinds of sin in our life. And with that, we have different kinds of self-control that we're trying to manage. 
Uh, and I think it's safest place on earth that he talks about this, but we have animalistic sins and we have diabolical sins and the animalistic sins are things that are very visible, easy to see. So like if you're struggling with, um, overeating, for example, that's an animalistic sin. It's something that other people can observe. It's out in the open. And then we have these things called diabolical sins. And these are the sins within our heart, within our mind. These are things like envy, jealousy, all these things that are in our interior world that we also have to, to fight with self-control on. Other people may not know that we're doing them because mm. they're within us, but we struggle with, with that nonetheless. And so I think the seven more typically uh, struggles with uh, the animalistic side of things, as, we, as Tyler kind of said. And then there's other ones like the five who I am who struggles with not sharing myself with people. I'm not, I'm not emotionally, uh, in, invested in a lot of things. Um, I can withhold a lot of my emotions. I'm the course in there is greed. And so it's the self-control to not withhold, but to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I'm, a uh, uh, primarily a, a two, uh, style and, and that style is the, you know, the helper or the, the, that's the one I feel like has the most names, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, cause people are, uh, I think uncomfortable a lot with calling it the, the lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, one of my core sins is, um, it's pride, uh, in what my importance in people's lives. Um, but really at some level too, it's, it's really actually, it's codependency. And so I, it takes a lot of self-control for me to not let my relationships become codependent. Uh, and it takes self-control for me to not deepen relationships that have greater risk for codependency. Mm. Uh, and so all of us uh, struggle with self-control because essentially what self-control really comes down to, and we've kind of like beat around the bush at this, um, but it's really that we have, as believers, we have two natures. We have the flesh and we have the spirit. And, you know, in scripture, Paul tells us, he says, so I say, live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, and so really what, what all of, all of this is all about is that if we, like Scott said, if we, uh, dive deeper into our relationship with God, the natural byproduct is self-control away from the flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fleshly desires, the sinful nature. Yeah. Well, my biggest um, issue is fear of the unknown. Like that's mm. always been my issue. I mm-hmm. mean, I had it when I had panic attacks when I was young. Yeah. And it, it's that's what the psychologist told me was that you have a fear of the unknown, and so that's a real struggle for me. And that's where I always seem like I want control, but it's not that I really want control. I just have a fear of the unknown. And if I'm controlling the situation, then I know what. Then it's not unknown. It's not unknown. And so I don't deal well with um, just like the spontaneity and Mm -hmm. just kind of like trust. And so that is almost to me a conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. with Christianity in a sense that, that that's where my struggle is. Well, yeah. And it's uh, time and time again, Jesus asks us to trust him <laughs> mm-hmm. and he um, asks us to do things that aren't natural for us. They aren't our fleshes go to. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important for us to to rely on the Holy Spirit. Right. So, gosh, I have much work to do. And for, for those of you who maybe are new to the faith or um, feel like, man, I've just been not practicing self-control at all my entire life. I've been saved for a while, but I'm just, I, I don't even, I don't know how to not say yes to myself. Um, it's just starts with starting to, to, to feed that relationship with the spirit, start that relationship, uh, with the Holy spirit. I, I've heard it said, it's kind of like if you have two dogs and, uh, you feed one and don't feed the other one dog's going to grow up big and strong and the other one's going to be small and weak. And that's kind of what we do with our, our, uh, Tyler talked about our, our different, our sinful nature and our, the spirit that lives within us, our spiritual nature. And it's important for us to stop feeding our sinful nature and for us to start feeding the, the, our relationship with the spirit in our lives. And so if that's where you find yourself, if you're new to the faith, or maybe you just struggle with giving in, um, invite the Holy spirit into that, even in the midst of sin, like that's when we try to hide the most from God but that's when we need God's presence the most. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've found myself in the midst of sin. Like I'm in the middle of doing something I shouldn't be doing. And I say, God help me right now. Like I need you in my life. I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. I'm recognizing that help me to not feed this side of myself, but help me to feed my relationship with you and help me to, to change going forward. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, I think uh, we'll kind of wind down here. Um, but maybe do we have, uh, uh, any, like, so I agree. I think that we, it, the most important thing is that building that relationship with, with God. Um, but I do think as well to, to your point, Bobby, there is responsibility on our end as well. Mm -hmm. We actually, you know, even though, uh, when we spend time with God, we will just naturally want to make better decisions, but we still have decisions to make. Uh, so are there any uh, practical uh, tips that either of you have experienced in your own lives that have helped you with self-control? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Jesus gives us some advice. He says, um, it's better for you to cut off your right hand and to lose your right eye if they cause you to sin. Uh, than to live in a life of sin and go to hell. And so um, he's not saying to literally cut off your arm or pluck out your eye. But what he's saying is if you know something puts you in a situation that isn't great for you and typically you sit in those situations, don't put yourself in those situations. And so, you know, if you're struggling with overeating, don't buy that kind of food. If you're or buy less or buy less of that food. Yeah. Or only eat with someone else. So that you have someone accountable. Um, If you're struggling with pornography and you're always on a certain device, don't have that kind of device. Get rid of that device. Um, If you're struggling with with lying, uh, I don't actually know what to do with lying. Uh, (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Here's here's what I would say is uh, uh, practice. uh, Go for, you know, a week practicing radical honesty. Yeah. Uh, where you just like you let the people in your life know, hey, I'm not going to be nice probably <laughs> for a week because I'm not even going to I'm not even going to give white lies. Yeah. You know, I'm going give to no be room. radically honest for a week and just see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would say for, for my perspective, again, seek somebody out that you trust that, that is a believer that, that, you know, is wise. Um, if you are struggling in a particular area and for me, um, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm not in control and, and then I can, this panic can start to set in. Um, I really have to go to, um, kind of my life first, Philippians four, eight, whatever's real, whatever's true, dwell on these things. And I have to go there often because I'll tend to go off on what could happen kind of thing. And, um, then I start to panic and, I just have to come back to um, just putting myself back in the word and uh, reminding me um, who I am in Christ. And um, that's important. Yeah. That's how I deal with it. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I think as well, it's the, it's the building of the relationship with Jesus. And so what are practical ways for you to, to work on that? Because, um, you want to build a relationship with him like you build a relationship with anyone else. It's spending time with him. It's communicating with him. And so um, start praying if you're not someone who's ever really prayed before, don't really know how to pray. It's just a conversation. He hears you. Um, and so just talk to him. Like uh, uh, I remember when uh, I first started hearing my dad pray uh, in front of other people, I had never really heard him pray a whole lot growing up, but he had a cancer and his life changed and he turned around and he went from being the dad that was cool with staying home and watching the Steelers on the weekends to saying, Hey, we're all going to church, get your clothes on. Um, and just to hear him start praying. And he was always nervous about praying in front of people. He's like, I don't really know how to do this. And, but his prayers were some of my favorite prayers because he didn't know how to do it. And totally. I, I think a lot of people like feel like there's a certain way you have to pray. And that's just not the case. Just be yourself. Totally. I, I, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I agree with that. And I don't like the rehearsed prayers. Yeah. I, I really struggle with that. And I think about, I just was thinking about Will. I don't always thinking about what an awesome worship leader he was. And it was, is, is, is yeah. I'm sorry. He is for sure. I just have missed <laughs> him for so many years, but what I loved the most about him was when he made a mistake. Yeah. When he was at his most vulnerable, he, I was, I felt closer to the Lord and, um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think Will was really good at that too. He was. And he then was awesome. I think too, um, prayer is, is a big part. And then also just, um, pick up a Bible and, and, and read it. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to kind of talk about this in our next episode. Uh, like what are some ways to better improve our reading of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to just give you a little uh, segue into one of my points that we're going to talk about in the next episode. But it's um, what Bible should you read? Whichever one you will read. Uh, <laughs> if there's a certain uh, translation that you think you like better or it feels better to you or whatever it is, like if it's something you will read, then choose that one. There's no right answer. Uh, if it'll get you reading and get you starting to build that relationship, that's the one you should do. And I would just add on top of that, for me personally, what's really helpful to me is to have a study Bible, to use a study Bible, and to look at the commentary associated with it. 
um, that's really helpful to me because sometimes it's just not clear. And I think we will be talking about that in our next episode. Yeah. So well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh, but uh, if you want to uh, connect with us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at the real world pod uh, or shoot us an email at hello at realworldpodcast.com. That's hello at realworldpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you uh, if you have any thoughts about self-control. And also, if you have any stories right now uh, that uh, would just warm our hearts, we would really love to hear them, and we would love to share them. Uh, And so um, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And Scott and Bobby, thank you so much for being here and, and talking with us about self-control yeah thanks for hosting thank you yeah very much yeah all right well we will see you all uh in a couple of weeks and scott bobby love you love Love you too. too